With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Let's talk about some of the games on the slate today. Hopefully, refereeing or will not be a factor in some of these. We hope it never is. Uh, but let's take a look at some of the latest lines. Let's start in Philly. Sixers laying eight and a half against the Trailblazers. Total 229 and a half. Uh, Jenks, the Sixers at home, normally pretty solid. The Blazers have a long trip to Philly, but they do have Damian Lillard. So what do you like here? I'm going to go with the Sixers. I This is probably too many points for my taste. I'm seeing a little early money come in on Portland. But the last time these two teams met, now this was in Portland, Philly won by 10. And as we know, the Sixers are great at covering the number at home. They're 21-8 and eight against the spread in their last 29 games in Philly. In the meantime, the Blazers, terrible on the road, 4-13 and 13 against the number in their last 17 road games. And like you were saying, they have to come all the way across the country, and there's a time difference, I'm told. So whenever I see a team that's not good on the road and they have to go from one coast to the other, then I'm going to lean with the home team here. I'll lay the eight and a half in Philly. Yeah, the Blazers have not been good as sizable underdogs. Last game against Boston, getting nine and a half, lost straight up and did not cover the number there, uh, losing 115 to 93 against Atlanta. They were getting eight, lost that one, 129 to 111. And uh, finally against Golden State, we're getting five and a half, lost that one outright and against the spread as well. The only time that they have covered numbers have been against Detroit and Mm -hmm. Orlando so yeah it's a little bit of a different story when you're going on the road and having to play the Sixers at home they've been really good against the number when playing in Philadelphia so I'll be on the Sixers there let's go to a game that I feel like we have seen three times or like the last two weeks Cavs heat Cavs laying a Mm -hmm. point and a half on the road total 213 and a half let's take a small timeout and say when you see two teams that have squared off like a lot in the past you know few weeks Do you Mm -hmm. think this gives you an advantage as a handicapper? You know, I don't think so. I I, I think maybe a lot of people would disagree with me, and I don't disagree with that. I I, This is not a hill I can die on here, but it's so difficult for me, at least personally, to handicap when you have two teams that know each other really well. Like, how is one team going to react – versus the other yeah they know each other really well but then it's a different setting and also especially when the line is this short do you know what i mean like it's already Mm -hmm. a toss-up i think the last time they met which was just a couple nights ago the cavaliers won by what two maybe and so i when when it's essentially a coin flip here and these two teams know each other i don't know maybe you have the answer i don't know how to go in and parse out a way to handicap and say well this game is going to go differently i my handicap would probably be the same. Right. And especially, I think I overstated a little bit. Uh, They just played each other, which is why I Mm -hmm. feel like we just did this game. Uh, But like you said, that game was pretty close. Uh, It was 
uh, the Cavs winning that one 104 to 100, and they shot 50% from the field, made eight three pointers. So I don't, I don't know. Cause I think if you look at this game and there yeah. is some outlier where a team just shot the lights out and did all these things, you know, really amazingly that maybe they can't repeat that, but this was a low scoring game. So mm-hmm. let's chew on that for a second. Do we see this game going, uh, you know, low scoring again? Cause I'll say this, these are two of the better defenses and the Eastern Conference. So which side do you like? Do you like a total? Is there any angle that I'm missing out here? I wanted to look at the under because, but but the total is right there. Like the number is spot on here. Mm -hmm. The Cavaliers, I believe, allow 106 points per game. The Heat allow, I believe, 108 points per game. You add that up, what do you get? You get 214. What is the total in this game? 213 and a hook. Like, it's right there. I think I would just go with the same handicap I had a few nights ago, which is the difference here to me is the Cleveland defense. In fact, that was the difference in this previous game where – Miami was shooting lights out the first three quarters. What happened in the fourth quarter? All of a sudden, Cleveland decided to play that lockdown defense, and they held Miami to under 30% shooting in the fourth quarter. So when Cleveland decides, all right, it's time to play defense, they can do it. Also, as we know, Miami is terrible, terrible at home. The worst covering team in the NBA at home. They're 922 and two against the spread this season, 923 and two against the number at home. I would just take the Cavaliers in the money line at minus 120. I do think the Cavs are the better team, but I think when you see that record against the spread for Miami, a large part of it is because they've missed a lot of their starting rotation for a good chunk of the season. Yeah. Like we never know who's playing, and that's why we usually don't bet on them. Um, so one final nugget for me, Darius Garland has been red hot from the three-point line. He's shooting over 50%. I think in his last month of games from beyond the arc. I don't think I'm taking it today, though, because he's only shooting like six or seven threes a night. So usually the line's two and a half. There's not a ton of room for error, but a guy to watch from the behind the three-point line. Let's go to the Hawks and Wizards. And Jenks, you might be going to this game. Uh, Hawks on a point and a half. Total 238 and a half. So if you were going to this game... What would you be looking forward to? I got to figure out something to do tonight. I have not seen the lovely Catherine for most of the week. We hung out last night. I went to bed at 8.30 last night. That might as well be one in the morning for me. So I got my friend Kelly coming in on Saturday for a few days. So will I take the lovely Catherine to dinner? Will we go to the Wizards game? I don't know. I I I, I think I got to go to the Wizards here. Hawks won last time out, but I, I I think there are better games on the board than this one. Now, on Wednesday night, the Hawks won by two. But in that game, I think the Hawks were fortunate to win. Washington shot 58% from the field. They got 43 points from the Unicorn, and they still lost. That's because they kept turning the ball over. I don't think that happens tonight. The Hawks are still one and five against the number in their last six games here in DC. So I'll back the home team to get one back, take the wizards on the money line at even money. I don't want to go to the game and cheer for the other side. So let's go Wiz. I don't really trust either of these teams. Like don't you see the Hawks and the wizards and you think to yourself, well, maybe they'll play a good game, but Mm. maybe they'll look absolutely terrible because that's kind of been the season for both of these teams. If both of the teams shot really well in the first matchup and it was 122 to 120, this total is really high. 
Like, I know mm-hmm. it's hard to take an under on Hawks or Wizards because both these defenses are not very good, but maybe there's a bit of regression here and we see a, you know, a shorter um, total in this one. It did open at 239 and has been bet down to 237 and a half, but I do not have the stones to bet an under in a Hawks and Wizards game. Continuing on with our NBA coverage, let's go to Minnesota. T-Wolves Nets squaring off. T-Wolves laying four and a half, not seeing a total just yet. Jenks, what do you see from this game? I, God. Well, here's the thing. It's the back end of a back-to-back for the Nets, but the Nets didn't play anybody last night. Like Nick Claxton was out. Cam Johnson Mm -hmm. was out. Spencer Dinwiddie was out. Ben Simmons isn't playing. So if those guys play tonight, and I think they should, then all of a sudden this is a different game. But also, the Nets are 5-16 and against the spread in their last 21 games in Minnesota. Now, I should clarify, Ben Simmons is done for the rest of the season. He's just going to sit on his butt and make millions of dollars for doing nothing. I, I think I would actually lean Timberwolves here just because of that trend. That's a pretty compelling trend for me, and the Wolves are a little more rested. But this is another difficult game. Right. As a favorite, Minnesota has been far from dominant, just 17 and 15 this year. But Nick Claxton and Cam Johnson, like they weren't sitting due to load management. They were, you know, sitting because they were hurt. So I think it is kind of a gamble to say, like, I think they're going to play because it's still early in the morning. So I will not be, you know, falling victim to that because there's nothing worse than thinking people are going to play and then they don't. But I'll say this they cover the number against a very deep Milwaukee team, and they've covered in four straight games. So maybe you see these injuries and you see the people not playing, and sometimes you get a little added value here. So I think at four and a half, I would lean towards the Nets, getting the points, because I don't think Minnesota deserves to be laying that many points. And then finally, let's get to the Raptors and the Lakers. Good God. Yes, we're talking about the Lakers. Uh, Raptors laying a point and a half, total 224 and a half jenks who do you like what's the play i like the lakers a lot on the money line here mm. i can't believe i'm saying that i really do this might be my best there are so many games that i've looked at and i just cannot find an angle that i like on almost anything there's only two games in hockey tonight and you're dealing with massive favorites look even without lbj in the lineup lakers are seven and three straight up in their last 10. It looks Mm -hmm. like D'Angelo Russell is going to be back. And the Raptors on the road, since we're talking about a straight-up play here, Raptors on the road just 12-22 and this season. Lakers' money line is minus 105. I think that's my play. Right. As much as I crash on the Lakers, they have been good lately, at least straight up. Now, some of those wins have not been, like, that impressive, like beating a banged-up Memphis team, uh, beating Oklahoma City without SGA. But still, it's not like Toronto are world beaters. They've lost three of their last four games, so I'd be with you on the Lakers, uh, but it's not going to be one of my best bets. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM, weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.